Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NCAA amending the Rich Paul rule. We also talk about the collaboration between the NFL and Jay-Z's Rock Nation and what that intel means. We also talk about Antonio Brown as his, his quote-unquote um, issues that's going on in the NFL. We also talk a little bit about the NBA and whether or not Carmelo Anthony can actually sign with the NBA team this upcoming season. My co-host Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross join me, Al Quarles, on Guys Talking Sports, and that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Guess what? I'm back, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Adrian and Earl. What's going on, fellas, man? How you guys doing? I'm doing good. I got a little bit of lag on my end, but, you know, the show must go on. Same, same. Happy to be a hump day. Uh, week seems like it's this flying by so crazily, but you know, always another interesting sports week, to say the least. Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting sports week um, with everything that's been going on. So let's get right into it. We've got lots to discuss, lots to talk about. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the Rich Paul uh, quote-unquote um, amendment that's just now taking place. I know you guys talked about it um, in last week's show, and I wasn't here, but um, just wanted to talk a little bit about it. You know, the whole thing with the NCAA right now, um, making an amendment now to accept um, more so um, the fact that everything was talked about in regards to the Rich Paul trade, but now it's been amended thanks to all the talk, all the backlash that the NCAA got. Um, so I'm going to jump right into it and get you guys' take on the fact that the NCAA did amend this quote-unquote Rich Paul contract. I mean, not contract, I guess you could say, what's the word I'm looking for? Rich Paul clause, so to speak. So now that the NCAA um, has amended it, what are your guys' takes on it? Should have never been like that to begin with. I mean, some, some of the best people out there, some of the richest people in the world don't have a freaking degree. You're trying to tell me just because you don't have a degree and they're talking, you're trying to hold, use that whole phrase. It's like, you know, we're trying to promote uh, a, a, a scenario where we want kids, to, people to have degrees and blah, 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 blah. Man, get out of here. I mean, that's why you have sports management companies that you have the front facing people, but then you have people in the background who have the degrees to do all the lawyer stuff, read all the contracts, et cetera, et cetera. So, just because the front man don't have a damn degree doesn't mean that the business overall doesn't employ people with degrees. So, smart to get rid of it, but they should have never had it to begin with. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm, gl I'm glad they got rid of that amendment. I'm pretty sure it wasn't going over well with a lot of the public backlash. I think if it wasn't any public backlash, it would have stayed put. But I'm still of the opinion that the overall rule was – I mean, me and Adrian talked about this last week, you know, was the NBA's way of going the back channel to get at Clutch Sports and Rich Paul by using, by having the NCAA be the scapegoats to implement this new rule. Um, now, even Rich Paul himself said he didn't have many of the problems with some of the other stuff as far as 
you know, having some experience and being, um, I guess, licensed by the, uh, the Players Association and, you know, having like three years of experience, but, you know, having a, a meeting, I think, with the NBA or having a four-year degree was something that, you know, he felt was a little bit, you know, you know, unnecessary and was targeting, you know, a lot of prospective, you know, agents that want to come up, but maybe not have the, you know, all the right channels or the opportunities to go to a, whether it be a four-year school to get a degree. But I mean, just like you said, Ace, um, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of um, Harvard, found a Facebook. No one said he needed a, a four-year degree to found Facebook. Um, of course, we all know um, Microsoft. Um, Bill Gates. Bill Gates dropped out of Harvard and started, you know, Microsoft. No one said he needed a four-year degree to, you know, code software and sell it. So, I mean, if it was good for those guys and those guys made companies that are, you know, multi-billions, um, why should you single out after all of these years after all of these sports agents, why all of a sudden, since Clutch Sports has, and we talked about it, had a a pretty much, you know, down in effect over free agency over the last two years, especially with the whole Anthony Davis trade, why now all of a sudden NCAA wants to go back and want to implement this rule They're saying that, you know, if you represent him and he loses eligibility, blah, blah, blah. Are you targeting a kid that opted not to go to play at Syracuse, decided to go take a $1 million internship with um, New Balance and then go into the pros? Is it that? Because Rich Paul, you know, is now representing a guy. But like I said, we talked about it. I thought this was, in my opinion, a way of going at clutch boards and Rich Paul. I agree. I, to be honest, I, I, I know I wasn't here to 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 debate this. Um, in a way, I get the fact that I, I kind of understand it. Um, in a way, um, I'm not taking it as I thought. I I really believe that the NCAA did this from um to hurt Rich Paul's chances. Don't get me wrong. Um. My thing is, is that from what I was told um, in regards to NCAA, there's c- people in the committee that actually thought about this and thought this was a good idea. And I'm talking about people like, and I'm not you know, saying that it was a good idea, but I'm just saying like um, people in the committee I heard was like Condoleezza Rice, Grant Hill. Um, so they was all in agreement and in favor of making that change before the Rich Paul quote unquote rule came out. Um, they was all in favor for that. So um, I could see, I could kind of see both sides, but I still think it was unfair how it was implemented. Um, if they would have talked about it and at least included, I think there should have been a, a, a bridge gap there instead of just making the change automatically, um, have a discussion with all of the sports agents to come up with something that we're both can agree on, I think that would have been much more beneficial than doing it what they, how they did it. I think that was more important. Um, how they went about it was definitely not the right move because as you can see, the backlash was there. But I think that if they're trying to work on ways to bridge the gap, that they could have done something where they both um, parties would have came along and 
came with some type of understanding or at least give a heads up about what, what is it that they was trying to accomplish. I think the whole optics of it was definitely wrong. And obviously it's good that they made the amendment, but I agree with you, Ace. Um, why make an amendment for something that shouldn't have never been brought out to begin with? How they did it, the presentation was it was all off. And not having that discussion or sit-down discussion is probably what's been the biggest issue um, when it comes to dealing with the NCAA because they feel as though that they are, 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 are a community with power. And they feel as though that they they make the rules and not having given the opportunity to have other people come in to help bridge that gap is probably one of the biggest issues a lot of people have with the NCAA right now. I mean, not to mention about the, the, the you know, not paying the, the, the athletes, the student athletes, but yet they're marketing them to the, the T with the clothes that whatever it is that they're wearing, they got to wear, you know, sneakers sponsored by the colleges. Like, all those things can be it's, – it's, it's definitely feels as though the NCAA wants to keep it where it is and try to make it so that it diminishes what other people are trying to accomplish. And it is, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm with you, too. If that indeed was the case, if this something that was being discussed and you had, you know, some people of color on there – that, that were there, then why wasn't this thing talked about a year ago? Why was not saying what the committee is thinking about implementing this rule? The timing, it just seemed like, oh, all of a sudden now we're just going to do it. It's not even, if, even if they would have came out and said, okay, in another year or two, we're going to put out these requirements that sports agents must have A, B, C, and D. Even a degree, you, you might have had a little bit less blowback but it just seems like all of a sudden you didn't hear about these, even though the discussions might've been out there, no one heard about it. Or if, if it was, it was a small few. And then all of a sudden one day, Oh, by the way, here's a new rule. Right. And that was it. I, I think, I think the NCAA might've had good intentions, but you know, they, they, they always, they always seem to be putting their foot in their mouths depending on whatever it is they're trying to come across, whether it be trying to approve or deny uh, immediate eligibility when it comes to college football or, or when it comes to, to NCAA sanctions for, for schools, depending on who's being punished or whatever. They always seem to be putting their foot in their mouth. You know, they're not consistent. And they just seem to do things wrong all the time. And, you know, it, it, it just made them look bad that they had to come out and backpedal off or something when they didn't really even have to to come out there and say this whole degree thing. They could have just kept it where, you know, you had to be recognized by the association by so many years, excuse me, by so many years. And that would have eliminated half of those damn agents out there because they probably haven't been associated with whether they had a degree or not. So, you know, it, it, they did the right thing, but it took, you know, LeBron James and Chris Paul and other NBA players and other individuals to come out there and laugh at them and radio pundits and so forth and so on to make them reverse course, which, and, you know, like I said before, it should never have been an issue. They just said, in order to do this, you need to be recognized by the NCAA for so many years and just leave it at that, you know. And 
everything would have been kosher. You know, they, you can't stop Rich Paul. Rich Paul is going to do rich, what Rich Paul does. And those who are coming out of high school or those who are currently in the NBA, if they want to be on LeBron's camp or on LeBron's team when it comes to, to, to agents, they're just going to go there just because. It has nothing to do with uh, Rich Paul. You know, they maybe they like what's going on with LeBron. And they say, well, you know, I want to join this team instead. And obviously, LeBron having Rich Paul – as his agent, LeBron is getting kicked back, so it's like not like he's putting in full money. It's his damn company to begin with. <laughs> so, <laughs> just call a spade a spade. You just don't like that NBA players are out there doing what NBA players get more money and marketing and capitalizing on their talents within themselves. I think that's what it really boils down to. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I really think that they're, the NBA, I think that the sports agents is starting to infiltrate what the NCAA um, already has. And I think that that's going to be a problem. And what's very interesting to me is the fact that the committee waited so long to amend when they knew that they was going to get the pushback. I'm just curious as to who made the decision to side effectively say we need to change course? Because if that is the case, then maybe the NCAA down the road is actually is not as powerful as people would think they are. Um, again, I think that the NCAA is still, you know, trying to hold on to the reins that they have. Everything from the marketability to the money you know, that's out there. I think they're really trying to hold on to as much as they can, but I think they really starting to see and be, actually are kind of nervous that that money may be slipping away from their hands. So I think they're trying to see what else we can do so that we can keep that money in house, and which is unfortunate. Oh, forget that. The same people that told them to amend it is the same people that told them to, oh, we know about this rule, implement it now, in my opinion, and that's the NBA and that's the owners because – I'm sorry, NCAA could have does a lot of dumb shit, as Adrian says. They're always, you know, putting their foot in their mouth. And now you're going to throw this stuff out, out of the blue? Come on. Someone told them to put it out, and then someone actually told the NCAA to, oh, put, you know, take that part out of it because this is looking bad for all of us. Mm -hmm. so, so, in my opinion, I think the NCAA was told to do it, and I, or at least – someone told the NCAA to put that thing out tomorrow that was being discussed. And then they said, Oh, well, let's just keep everything as is, but just pull the one piece about having a degree out because it's looking bad. So to me, I, I still think it goes back to the, the NBA owners and the NBA as a whole. So wait, so, wait, wait. So you believe that the NBA owners was the one that pressured them to wait, put the rule out there or to amend the rule? Both. Because like, like I said, you didn't even hear about this rule a year ago. You didn't hear about no discussions about a year ago. Now, like you said, if, if the committee had been discussing this as something they want to do, then you would have, like you said, the presentation would have been like, okay, well, come, let's say, 2020, 2021, moving forward, all, you know, representation for student athletes is going to have to have you know, all these criteria, And then you can maybe waffle on a degree or not degree. But you, you would have thought that a year from now, as they sometimes like to do, this is going to come out to give people enough time to, you know, to get up to it. But all of a sudden, it's like one day you don't have it, and then the next day it's out there. And then within a couple of days, 
that one piece is taken back. I'm sorry. I, the NC does dumb shit, but they don't do. This is not. This is not normally how they operate business. They kind of let you know ahead of time, and then you do some arbitration, and then they'll change the rules. But it's never we're going to drop the hammer on Monday, or we're going to pick a piece up on it on Wednesday. Right. I agree. Hopefully they, uh, you know, I, I, dare I say the good old boy network a little bit, you know, because there's only, I say this because is Michael Jordan the only true African-American owner in the NBA? Is he a, is he the majority uh, stakeholder for the Hornets? Uh, because if not, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, of color or, or of color, yes, it's very few. <laughs> I think the the Sacramento Kings owner um, is uh, is a man of color, but not from America. But don't quote me on that. So uh, thirty teams, two, maybe three. <laughs> I need to hire a stat a statistician to check all that stuff out. <laughs> Not, not, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this uh, the race car by no stretch of the imagination. I'm just more, more so just looking at it from the standpoint of good old boy rich network. <laughs> rich trying to stay rich and keep it within certain certain ages that they want to keep the money within a certain realm. Yeah, it looks like um, Michael Jordan is right now the only African American um, owner um, of the Charlotte um, Hornets. Um, there are other ethnic ethnicities out there that's owners, um, but from an African American standpoint, Michael Jordan seem, looks like it is the only owner in the NBA. All I know is when the new CBA comes up for the NBA, it's going to be real interesting, very interesting. I, well, I said it before. I would not be surprised if the well, we I think some I think one of you guys said it too that. Um, the NBA and the NFL might appear to be heading to a lockout. NFL. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, why would both are? But I don't know who's who's the more likely though. Well, why the NBA? The NBA is 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 uh, reaping the benefit of the richest types of contracts there are in professional sports outside of baseball. But it's, it's not from the the players' perspectives. I think it's going to be from the owners' perspectives. One that allow things back where the NBA players is like, why should we give this stuff up where we have what we have now? So, as, like we said, it's it's flipped. I think that the players in the NFL is going to want more, and the owner NFL owners is not just not going to just give in so quickly. And I think that it's the opposite with the NBA, where the NBA owners is going to say, hey, look, we need to dial some stuff back. And the NBA players is going to be like, uh, I don't think so. So I think that's where – that's – I mean, and I'm just – you know, I'm not saying from what I heard or anything like that, but I could see that happen, where both the NBA and the NFL could be a, stale, uh, a stalemate, where they end up being a lockout. Yeah. Totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, I know the NFL, I know the players are always bitching about guaranteed monies, you know. So I can see an NFL lockout coming, but the NBA, the NBA, the, uh, the NBA Players Association, shoot, they gonna fight that too for now. <laughs> hey, 
they're not they're they're not breaking the law. All they're doing is man, look, those owners are getting paid hand over fist. What I do think what they will do, I think what they will try to change is the fact of all these players trying to commit to super teams. I think they're gonna try to stop that. I think I think they may I think they may mess around and follow well, I think they already follow baseball with their whole luxury tax or how they kind of tax uh, teams as far as if they go over a particular threshold. Um, but I think they will try to follow the NFL model so that you can't have but so many stars on one squad. Try to make more parity within the, the NBA as a whole. Because yeah. I'm tired of seeing the same two teams or the same four teams or whatever mm-hmm. every damn year. It's like, why, it's like, why even watch the NBA during the regular season when you know who's going to make the playoffs? It was like, well, you got some you you're going to have a lot more parity this season. I think the first time that we've probably seen parity like this whereas at least on the West Coast it's a oh, lot more yeah, okay. even and I have seen it in probably in over 10 plus years, but I think what the owners are going to attack is they're going to attack the length of contracts when you sign them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I think like I said, they're, the owners is looking for more balance. That's the bottom line. And I just don't see, like you said, I don't see the, the Players Association. I don't see Chris Paul and them guys giving up what they already accomplished. Um, so that's why I'm thinking that they're, they're, there's going to be, I'll be shocked if they come to an agreement so quickly. I think this is going to take some time. And I think it's going to take some time um, the same with all with the NFL as well. Um, there's no, like, I, I think there's just not balanced yet. And with so many things that have been going on in both the M- NBA and in the NFL, I just don't think that there's an agreement level just there yet where everybody is comfortable. Yeah, the, the NFL, the owner's definitely giving up giving up a, a nickel unless it's going to be some of uh, Roger Goodell's um, power. And I think the owners might be all okay with that. But as far as the overall way of, Businesses being ran from their perspective for contracts, they ain't giving up a nickel. Roger Goodell would be the sacrificial lamb in this case if they have to go through a lockout. I think you're muted, sir. You, sir, are correct. I'll sit here. This <laughs> uh, man, yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying with that. Um, I don't think they're going to go to a, uh, I don't think they'll strike. I think they'll have a lockout maybe going into next summer, maybe with OTAs. I don't think they're going to, I think they'll find a, find a common ground just because 85% of the damn league don't know how to save their damn money. They don't want to play. <laughs> Well, I guess that's a nice segue into NFL and, 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 and knuckleheads over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we could start. I guess we could go into that now. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the NFL. Preseason already kicked off. Um, so many things that we could talk about as we prepare ourselves. Some of us prepare ourselves for the fantasy football. Um, we have a little bit of drama. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to get into this whole partnership now with Jay-Z. 
Rock Nation and Jay-Z has signed a partnership with the NFL um, basically to become the leads um, partnership with um, Jay-Z Entertainment Company to do, um, I guess, all the music and um, the entertainment aspect of the NFL. Um, a lot of people um, has been giving criticism, not just to the NFL, but to Jay-Z and Rock Nation as well. So um, let me ask you, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that this was the right move for Jay-Z and Rock Nation to be a part of the NFL with so many things that have been going on and so much going on with the NFL? Uh, I think the devil was really in the details. And so I haven't really read, you know, from top to bottom myself personally, what this partnership all entails. And I mean, I know they're going to have some, some, I don't have any say so, but maybe kind of help plan halftime shows and music. So like I said, I guess the devil was really in the details, but just from a, outward perspective it looks kind of odd because you know jay-z was the one that kind of was i guess not picked for a halftime show so he came up the famous line the nfl you know needs me out of need them um he kind of maybe quietly suggested that his wife not do a halftime show about a few years ago he's very vocal about the colin kaepernick you know situation um so from an an optic standpoint when you're first looking at this it looks it kind of give the side eyes like okay you were you know very much you know on the nfl's case about this stuff and you know you haven't had much love for the nfl i guess cor corporate side as a whole or whatever but i mean sometimes you can't make change you know change comes comes within so you know if you want to make change you have to be inside the room to be able to you know to make that change um, but like I said, I need to read a little bit more up on it because the devil's in the details. It's like, okay, what are they going to do? Are they going to be doing the halftime shows now? Or are they going to be, you know, doing other, you know, things, um, NFL kickoff is starting. Are they going to be involved with the whole production for the first game of the season when they have all the music and stuff? Well, I'm, I want to read up and see exactly what this partnership, you know, entails. All right, so um, matter of fact, let me read what I have right here. Um, it says that the NFL has partnered with Jay-Z's Rock Nation to collaborate for big events like the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl, but more importantly, as Jay-Z put it, to provide real to change to communities that desperately need it. Um, after a short presentation, oh, um, Jay-Z viewed his partnership as a form of protest, but added, um, that his desire to get involved with the league was a call to take the next step after the movement to combat social inequality um, in the NFL. So it looks like he's just trying to get his foot in the door um, to collaborate as far as, like you said, with the music for like the big, big upcom upcoming NFL season. Um, the Pro Bowl, Super Bowl is included. So he's collaborating. He's not just going to be the only person doing it. Him and Rock Nation, whatever groups that he um, brings out and, and brings out is going to perform at those big events. Um, so he's working to, to, I guess, handle everything from the music and entertainment side of things, but also to try to bring himself into the table in regards to the NFL and in his, in his way to try and talk about the social in, injustice that's going on in the NFL and, 
everything that's been going on. So that's what it seems like based off of the re- report I just read. I, I, I wonder if this is his way of kindly nudging his foot in the door or possibly I doubt it, I doubt this is what happened, but this is a strict conspiracy there in my, in my thought process. But I know uh, Diddy at some point was trying to get together to try to buy the Carolina Panthers. I wonder if this is his way of kind of making inroads to possibly become an owner of an NFL team. But if he does that, he got to give up Rock Nation. No, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He has to give up Rock Nation? Yep. That's exactly what he had to do when he, um, he was the owner of the um, Brooklyn Nets. He had to get up Rock Nation. He'll just sign it off the blue. She's getting old enough. I mean, all you're going to tell Blue, just do that. Blue, just do it. <laughs> give it to Beyonce. He don't necessarily have to give it out of his, you know, he might have to take his name off of it, but it doesn't mean he has to leave the family. Because you know your president is president doesn't mean that he gave up all his businesses. So there's ways around that crap. <laughs> I put it like this: it probably is, but it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> uh, let me rephrase that. Eventually, I think a person of color, uh, man or woman, is going to one day be the majority owner of an NFL franchise. Well, hold on. Hold on. But it's not going to be. It's not going to be Jay Z. Isn't the owner of Jacksonville Jaguars a man of color? Shock or Sheik or whatever his name is. I don't know. We can find that out. Hmm. I'll find out while you're continuing. Because we can't say. It's a, I don't. I can't say it's a man of color because if that is the case, I could. I could swear that the, the owner of the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars is a man of color. But there is no true black man or black person that owns or has a majority stake in an NFL team. So I'm just curious that. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just curious that this could possibly be, possibly lead as an inroad. You know, it, now it puts a, a, a mogul, a hip hop mogul in that facet into the NFL realm, so to speak, where one has never been before. It would be nice to see, but I just don't think they, 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 those collective owners are going to allow that one to happen. Yeah, and just um, for you, just to let you know that on um, the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, Saheed Khan is a Pakistani and American. Man of color. <laughs> he is brown <laughs> but as you quite um, actually pointed out from the hip hop world <laughs> true true. And, uh, that is uh, that is something that you know we have not seen True. money, gr- m- money green but there's a lot of them old uh, excuse me governors out there <laughs> <laughs> governors <laughs> governors out there that will that they all have to sign off on that one, and I guarantee you, they all ain't going to sign off on that one. I mean, you can come up with the money and say, hey, we got the money to buy this team, but the owners got to give their blessing on that one. And trust me, there's going to be a couple, and they're going to be like, nah. <laughs> eventually, they're gonna have to, eventually, they're going to have to come off of it and say they ain't got no choice but to. Man, one day they will. It ain't going to be Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, though. I mean, with all, you know, I, with all the stuff that he said, 
um, and maybe a little bit controversial what he's doing. Um, but I mean, right now he's the only person that's been there from uh, that got their foot in the door, so to speak. So I can't be mad at that. To be honest, you know, I wish I had that money. I would do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of people would, would be in Jay-Z's shoes no matter what. Um, and I, I can't knock what he's doing. Um, I'm, you know, there's times I'm not saying that, you know, he's always right or anything like that, but from a business standpoint, I haven't seen anything that Jay-Z has not done for me to say that I, I completely disagree. He's in a better position than I am. So I, I, I have to say that if he's doing what he's doing and getting himself in that door, by all means, you know, let me know how to do it. So I could be a part of that as well. You know, I, I really believe that. I can't talk to about anybody that has a, a business savvy like him and is doing multiple things in his career and is definitely benefiting. I mean, he's Beyonce's husband, for goodness sake. So, I mean, <laughs> what else can you say at this point? I'm not going to knock the man for being a part of the NFL. Um, as long as he got his foot in the door doing what he needs to do, I respect that. I'm with you, but I'll, I'll, I want to wait and see, you know, what all this really is and, and, and what is the actual results. I mean, if I come up with the halftime show and if I say I have to see him as the, 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 the artist, no, I don't want to see you walking back and forth. Fair point. <laughs> I'll see your wife, but they got mad at your wife a couple of years ago when she came out with the, um, you know, with the, um, the black hat and, you know, and raising the fist. So that's, and that's interesting because, if he does be a part of this, you pretty much know that these halftime shows and these Pro Bowl shows, any artists that he brings out there, they're going to reflect, you know, they're going to bring in their own style, their own way. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you do bring Beyonce out and she's holding her fist up or you bring somebody out there wearing a Kaepernick shirt with a kneel down, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you're going – he has that control to bring them out there. So – I'm interested to see how these artists is going to perform, if they're going to perform. Some people may kneel while they talk, you know, singing or performing. You never know. So this could be an interesting way to get your foot across while being socially active as well as an artist and having that platform where you're in the mix of where everybody may not be in agreements with what you're doing, but they can't really stop you. Not, not to switch focus on Jay-Z, but you did make a mention of Jay-Z having an opportunity to bring out all those folks that in social justices and such, whatever. But let me ask you guys' opinion upon this. Uh, I'm sure you heard the comments a few days ago from the president saying that, you know, he has no ill will towards Colin Kaepernick and he wishes that he was in the NFL, that if he was good enough to make a team, that he would be on a team, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you guys are aware of those statements that he made? <laughs> I was not. I was not. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, let me see if I can. No, I mean, if he said them, I, okay. I guess my whole thing is, what are you guys' take? It's almost like his words are the reason why he's not in the league, you know, from what he was saying during his presidential campaign run and kind of drove uh, Kaepernick out the league based off of his rhetoric. Now he's, now he's kind of 
I'm not saying he's reversing foot, but it's almost like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I love Colin Kaepernick. I love to see him in the league, you know, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, why is it that he's kind of doing this 180 all of a sudden? And then a few days later, then you see Jay-Z and Rock Nation coming on and joining the NFL, this social justice reform sort of thing, whatever, and also dealing with halftime shows. I just thought it was all all too coincidental. You're <laughs> kind of, conspiracies, man. You, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, it's hard to tell what that man what that man is thinking. He says one thing one day, and then he'll say something totally, you know, opposite of what he said a half hour later. So I try not to hold too much stock in what he says. I I I'll even do one better. I don't hold stock in what he says at all. So him saying that to me is irrelevant because at the end of the day, he, he can't even do anything to fix it. It's all about the owners and them being ready to openly bring back Colin Kaepernick when they want to. And right now the owners are not trying to do that. And I, he, Trump could say, you know, they should bring him back. Owners are still not going to bring him back. I think that they're in their own world of where they are right now. They don't need that drama. They don't need all that backlash. They don't need the fans. Some have fans, I mean, divided, and some people for them, some people against them. I think that, to be honest, the owners are not going to want that right now. So they'll do whatever it takes right now to move on. And he, like I said, the president can say whatever he says. It won't make a difference. It's just talk. Mm-hmm. Like he already, he messed them up already. Like it was already messed up when he started going back and forth with. Right, I agree. But um, we could talk more about that a little bit later. Um, I guess we could get into a little bit of that Antonio Brown mess that's been going on. Um, I, to be honest, I I really haven't. How can I put this? I don't understand. It, I don't know if this was actually, and I, I bring this question to you guys, this whole Antonio Brown thing with the helmet, the feet, everything. <laughs> um, all, is, is this more just him being who he is? Was he really serious in those regards about retire, about sort of, quote, wanting to retire? I, I, I don't have a clue. Um, probably because I really haven't been paying attention to Antonio Brown. So, Catch me up to speed on, is this just more just, just hype because of the preseason or is this really something that needs to be talked about? Uh, I don't know what the hell A.B. was doing with his whole feet thing and, and that whole cyber, cyber, whatever the hell was going on. Um, but I don't know, man. A.B. is just doing A.B. things. Um... Yeah, I I do know that (laughs) Pittsburgh is sitting there saying, like, all right, see, so now you see me not crazy. (laughs) The other organization was like, you know, he's a damn good player, you know, but you can see he is sort of a drama queen. And uh, you can see that Tomlinson and and staff was just probably, like, put up with a lot of crap just because he's good. And you can see John Gruden putting up with a lot of crap because he's a good player and he wants him and he needs him on the team. But if he was some Joe Blow and was going through this, he would have cut him <laughs> for the moment where he had his feet frostbitten. Like, you, dude, you got to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. The whole helmet thing, 
it's like even Tom Brady came out and said, well, I don't like it, but it's a rule, and I got to try to find a helmet. And uh, I still haven't found one that I particularly like, but I just got to deal with it. So I I think I heard somebody say, or we were talking about it at work, where he just believed that AB did all that just so he couldn't practice. <laughs> you know. Oh, well, he should have kept it up a little bit more. <laughs> he still can't practice because his feet are jacked up. Yo, he, that's stupid. I don't know what he was doing over there in Europe. You know, Frost. He's just an, he, he's a serious attention whore and a clown. <laughs> a serious a serious clown. It's like really, dude. Come on, really. <laughs> that's my whole. To be honest. If, if if he is really just much of an attention whore, I think we there's no even no reason for us to get to you talking about him because all of this is just bring hyping him up. I think that at the end of the day, it wasn't even relevant until he started doing all this. Like I think that's really what the bottom line is. He was like, I think it was more so, how can I be relevant? I'm gonna start doing some crazy stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> like showing up to um. Like uh, showing up to camp in a fucking hot air balloon. <laughs> well, you know, had to be. And then last year he showed up in a fucking helicopter. Just had to be different, you know. what I'm saying I'm just waiting for somebody to show up, right, right, you know, pull up on the joint horseback. <laughs> I think somebody did that already, didn't they? In a horseback? Yeah. Oh wow! So I, I think it Texas, that. one of the Texas teams, think did that. Somebody did that. Somebody oh. did show. Hobo style with the, the joint with the stick <laughs> that's come walking in. <laughs> well, Jalen Ramsey did show up and came out the back of a brick, uh, a Brinks truck. Oh, I saw that. No, no that was funny. <laughs> All right, so, so I, I guess we could say that that people are starting to become more elaborate with how they come into the training facility. Is this like the new norm now? No, it's not the new norm. Not a fucking hot air balloon. That was just no. It's like the one up now. It's like, all right, so let me think. What can I do that no one else has done before? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yo, I could do a hot air balloon. Yo, that joke would be flit. Yo, that would be on point. Yo, I could honestly see people. This is a competition where people are going to think, what's next? Uh, it's ridiculous. I'm like, look, man, you know, what if, what if my man, uh, what, what president was that? Walk softly and carry a big stick. Uh, Teddy, Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Exactly. You know, that's where you see the players who will be broke by the time they're 40 <laughs> versus the ones who just kind of show up with the tin pail and just go to work. <laughs> My opinion, this is going to remind me of how, you know, Randy Moss kind of wore out his welcome in Green Bay and then he went to Oakland. I paid some good money, but had two really unproductive years. And then after a while, they got tired of them and they shipped them out. So I, I give it two years. I'd say I, I think it's all contingent on the quarterback play. If Derek Carr and A.B. gel and they start having some, some good years and and they start to get back to where they were before uh, Derek Carr got hurt, I can see, I can see A.B. being in – being out there for more than two years, as long as he's still productive and still have his speed. You know, that's the big thing. I'm sorry. I have to disagree with both of you. I only see a year of this. I hmm. I, I see – I, I, he's too much of that person where 
I could see the teammates and everybody just like, yo, we got to do something. Get rid of this dude or something. I don't care how productive he is. I think that he may – as much as a production a production he can be and as much as he can be as far as the good things, I think the negative is going to outweigh that. I think that there's going to be a lot of attention he's going to need. If something was to go – his team could be on a winning record and he don't be productive, he's going to have a meltdown. That's how I see it going forward. And I can see the teammates, you know, not wanting to be around that. I can honestly see that. Not saying that it will happen, but I could say I can honestly see it. It's possible, but I think they got at least – I say two years because you got to have something when you go to the new stadium in Las Vegas. So they're probably going to at least keep them around if you're still highly productive, at least for two years, at least so they can get one year out of them in the Las Vegas stadium. Uh, are we going to a Vegas Raiders game uh, in Vegas? <laughs> I thought we were talking about the draft. Oh, that too. But I like to go. I actually like to go to a game just to say I was there. I don't. I don't care who's playing. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens when that time comes. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, we can talk more about that. Um, real quick before we go, um, it was just brought to my attention that um, my ace that um, Carmelo Anthony was practicing informal practice um, mm-hmm. with the Brooklyn Nets. Some of the Brooklyn Nets players in LA. Um, so, real quick, do you really think that Melon has a shot to be back in the NBA? I don't think so. With any team, I should say. I mean, uh, did he use his time on uh, on first take with Stephen A to plead his case, or was he begging? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but if he's sincere and he's still, you know, out there practicing and he's in good shape and can – except that he will be like the seventh or eighth man off the bench, or maybe sometimes he may not even play. And, the, you know, set his ego to the side. It could be that veteran player to the, you know, to whatever. I can see it happening, but he he definitely has to set his ego to the side. That whole thing about, you know, he signed with particular teams, but nobody came to him to say, you're coming off the bench. Nigga. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Accept it, man. I mean – you're an ISO player. You know, the league is moving away from ISO players. I don't think so. Who? Okay. Um, okay. Harden is an ISO player, but Harden, you know, at least he's agile. He's quick. He's nimble. Westbrook. But he's also nimble. He's also quick. He also has, you know, Melo is real stiff. <laughs> I don't think Melo could take people off the dribble. Personally, not at this, not at this particular point in his career. Oh. I was going to say he's more of a, uh, a catch-and-shoot type of dude, or at least he needs to become that type of a player if he wants to, to coexist in the league still. I hope he gets on the team. Um, I would like to see him on the team. I think he could definitely be productive. I think a year away has probably humbled him to the point where I think he might be a little bit more receptive to a whatever role you give him type to just be able to contribute. Who knows? Someone gets hurt, and that might elevate your position up a little bit more. Um, but if you're coming out or automatically saying, I want this to be my farewell tour, that's probably what's turning off a lot of teams. So um, I would love to see him on squad to kind of, you know, finish out his career. But I don't know why no one's really biting. 
I think, I, to be honest, I think one of the reasons why no one is really biting is, is that he, his defensive level has dropped significantly. Um, as good as an offensive player he's, he is, I think the defense was really what a lot of NBA teams were looking at. And he didn't do his, himself a, a service by, by being productive on the defensive end. I think that was one of the – I'm not saying that that was the exact reason, but it, I think that was one of the glaring factors. I think that the NBA teams is looking at him to see what he can do. He, they know he could score. They know if he if he really wanted to, he could get the bucket. But I think that how does he fit overall from a team's perspective if he helps them? I think that's what it rolls down to. Um, I don't know if any NBA team will actually take a look at him. I, you know, I'll be surprised to see if he does land one. But I hope I hope that he does because I don't want to see him go out the way that he did. I think that he definitely deserves a shot to at least prove that he's still an NBA player at this stage. Would you take him on the Brooklyn's uh, on Brooklyn squad? Um, I would take him. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, I would take him. Only reason I would give him like a one year um, veterans deal, just to see what he can do. Um, then there's no love loss. Whatever happens, happens. Um, because to be honest, he's not the same Carmelo Anthony, but he can't fit the role. He's he can't fit that quote-unquote role that KD is going to be in the following year. So I, I would mind giving a shout-out with Carmelo and see what he does. We have defensive anchors in DeAndre Jordan and um, Jared Allen, so any defensive liabilities, they can come up. So me personally, I wouldn't mind seeing them. I'll be okay with if they were to sign them to like a one-year deal. I say you should go to the Lakers who fit right in, not that many of them playing defense as it is now. So – but did he ever play defense? He no. When he was with the Knicks, I have to admit that year when they went to the second round of playoffs, he was he was very defensive. Was a defensive player. Like all jokes aside, he was going after swats. He was grabbing rebounds. He was doing a lot. Um, I just don't. You could tell these the, the year when Houston. I mean, this past year with Houston, um, he just wasn't himself, and. He, he even said it. Like, he wasn't really happy with his playing ball. I think that if he has a renewed passion for it, I think he will be a lot better than what he was in Houston. I think he's just not used to being that dude that's getting traded from team to team. You know, he's that, he's that cat that always been that dude. You know, growing up, youth leagues, high school, college, all throughout Denver and New York. He's that man. So now he's that that third option. You know, he falls anywhere between now that third and that sixth option. And that ego, you know, it really came and got deflated, you know. And he, I don't think he knew how to handle that. Yeah, he said it himself in the interview that he didn't know how to handle it. So, like, dude, you know, Father Time catches up with all, all athletes, man. <laughs> uh, I think it was a little bit more than that personal-wise, but he didn't go into great detail about that. Yes, sure, too. He had some. He had a whole lot of messiness going on <laughs> around the same time all this was occurring. So, do you think his personal life has something to do with it as well? Not a hundred percent, but I'm sure it, it was it, a factor. It was a factor. Him and Lala are still married, right? Supposedly. Technically, yeah. They're not technically together. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think they're still together. I, I think they're. They're in a, a good place right now, I think.
Yeah, he had he had a he had a Dwayne Wade situation, even though the, the <laughs> Dwayne Wade has has buttoned that thing up pretty good. I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. And uh, Gabby uh, took it like a champ. <laughs> she took it like a champ, but <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't pleased. But then again, when she ended up actually getting married, you know, I, I don't know. Did they have a surrogate, or did she actually get pregnant herself? Where they now have a child together, surrogate. surrogate. Surrogate, yeah. So I think you know now everything is yeah, probably a little bit easier on them now, being that they were able to have their own child. Yeah, yeah. But we could talk more about that. Um, oh, real quick, one thing. Um, and I know I'm not up in the New York area, but I'm hearing all the chatter down here in the Philadelphia area. And I want to say, for all you people, relax. Daniel Jones is not starting. <laughs> oh. It'll be Eli Manning starting week number one. It'll be Eli Manning starting week number two, number three, number four, all the way up until the end of the season. I said this was going to be like this throughout the whole season. <laughs> Relax. Had a good series. But it was the first game. Vanilla offense, vanilla defense. The touchdown should have got picked off by two people. Relax. He didn't look scared. He was making his throws, which I'm good about. He didn't look like he did not belong on the on the field. But just pump the brakes. <laughs> I'm telling you, that is not going to happen. As soon as Eli makes one, I mean, one game, have a bad game, you know what's going to happen. It's just going to, it's it's just it's just inevitable at this stage. He's going to play. They're not. They're gonna. They're gonna tease the playoffs, but not make it. They're gonna probably be a fringe bubble playoff team. He's gonna play just bad enough where people are gonna want to say he should sit down, but just good enough where they're gonna want to keep him in there because they think they can make the playoffs, and they think they're gonna have a better shot making the playoffs with him instead of Daniel Jones. So it's gonna. It's gonna be a very interesting season. So I'm saying that. He'll probably more than likely start all the games, or at least he'll start more than 70% of the games. If it looks bad, really bad, and they're completely out of it, then yeah, I say yanking if it's like three or four seasons, but they want to have the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes scenario. Huh. <laughs> Personally, I've been harping on this for weeks. Months. <laughs> Now decided to trade OBJ. You should have gutted it all. Damn it. Just gut it. <laughs> Bunch of losses. Trade Eli for a six or seven round pick. And just go about your business. <laughs> I don't think anybody was – well, they wasn't going to take that. But I don't think anybody was going to give me anything higher than that anyway. Exactly. <laughs> well, he just outright releases ass. Thank you for your service. I don't know how much uh, – I don't recall how much uh, – what Indiana, Indianapolis got for, for Peyton when they traded him to, to Denver. But I guarantee if Eli would have been available for possible trade, oh boy, Elway would have snatched Eli up over over uh, Flacco and Heartbeat. <laughs> and I would have said. And, and y'all might have, have gotten some decent, decent uh, draft picks for it. Well, he didn't do it. And like I said, he he got one year left on his contract. They're letting him. What's the point now? Might as well let him play it out and let the young kid learn 
and then let him take the, the reins next season or at the very earliest, the last two or three games of the season, which is probably going to happen if it gets bad by like by like November. So you think this is Eli's last year? Oh, it's last. It's last. Uh, he's on the he's on the last year of his contract. So, but do you think he'll retire? You think he'll retire a giant, or you think he's going to go to the next uh, next? No, he's going to retire. They're going to retire a giant. He put two trophies, two additional trophies in the Giants' case. Two wins over the goat himself. In regards to how it got done, he still is the quarterback of the team. So, okay. Real quick, what if, what if he signs a one-year um, deal after this contract? I'll be shocked because that's not – that doesn't seem like him. But anything could happen. Okay. But more than likely, I think that this is last season, and I think the NFL, rest of the league, already know what Eli is not. So I can't see anybody signing him to be their starting QB unless you have an offensive line and a running game and a defense like Denver. And not that many teams have that where they don't have a quarterback, a young quarterback, to put in that system. Jacksonville. They got Nick Foles. We'll see how that goes. I'm just saying they, that was a scenario where he should have been shipped. Yes. I agree. And I was saying that's where he should have went two years ago. But now <laughs> kept them. And so now at this particular point, you might as well let him, you know, finish finish out the year, the contract, then just retire, retire a giant. <laughs> We can talk. <laughs> I just want to tell everybody in New York, relax. There's no quarterback controversy at the moment, and it will not be one. The kid ain't going to start. We're going to talk more about this next week because I have a feeling that this is going to be continued. This is going to be to be continued going forward. Uh, but we're, we're coming past our deadline, so I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Let everybody know where they can reach you guys at. Find me on uh, Twitter at CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Find me on the gram, um, Twitter, J.E. Ralston, number seven. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch guys talking sports on every podcast that's available, Google, Apple. Um, we're also on Spotify. And you can now check guys talking sports coming live to you on YouTube as well. So check your local listings for that as well because we will be live. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Appreciate all the love and support. Um, love you guys for checking us out, subscribing. Don't don't forget to make sure you subscribe to Guys Talking Sports. Um, whether you're on the podcast, whether you're on Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it. Um, guys Talking Sports on Instagram. Guys Talking Sports on Twitter. Guys Sports Talk on Twitter. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. And until next time, catch us again. God bless. Have a good night. Stay love. This is